Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, we're going to get into part three of this this morning, the Word. It's time, and uh, it's time for me to get into it. So we're going to do it right now. Let me pray. Father, this morning I thank you that you are our way maker. Every single thing we have need of, according to your word, the promise of your word, you have provided. And today I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for your anointing that heals, that delivers, that saves, that establishes. And I pray today, Father, this morning, just for a fresh anointing on this word, all these scriptures, Father, that they will come alive in us today, that each one of us as believers will not be swayed by the news, by media, by lies, by the deceiver, but will be moved only by the word of God. Yes. And I pray today, Father, that is. We talk about this, the time it is, the time for the church to be awake, alert, ready for the day and the hour that we're living in. This is our generation. We're not a mistake. We're not an accident. We are the redeemed of the Lord for this season of life. And I pray today that this word will Find hearing ears that are ready to receive it, apply it to their life, walk it out in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right. First of all, I want to say uh, thank you to Pastor Jamie for uh, bringing a great word last week. Uh, the Genesis Roadmap. I like that. I told him I might have to re-preach that, but uh, that was a really good word, and I appreciate uh, his uh, heart in bringing that and uh, his preparation for that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Today, I want to encourage us and remind us of a few biblical principles. Um, after spending a couple of weeks in preparation, I had to just wipe out about 70% of my notes because y'all weren't going to hang around here until 5 or 6 this afternoon. And uh, we're actually, the staff is going to be breaking down around 2 o'clock this afternoon, start decorating for Christmas. So next week when you come back, uh, it'll be all festive. And uh, so we're going to have to get through this. So I, uh, I just uh, brought it down to three basic principles. And uh, I wrote simple principles. And then after rereading all of my notes several times, I went back and took the word simple out. Because, you know, the reality of it is that uh, oftentimes... In obedience to the word of the Lord, simple is the last thing it is. It, it, it requires, it, there's a price to be paid. And are we willing to pay that price? It's simple in the sense that if God said it, it's possible that you can do it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Whatever it is, if, if he spoke it, it's life. You have the ability to walk it out if you so choose to walk it out. 
So the, the simple part comes after the difficult part, and that is when you make a decision, I'm going to walk in truth, period. No matter what, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how difficult, no matter what crazy times we're living in and people are saying this and that. You know, I'm, I, I have a Facebook account. I don't know how it works. And I very seldom am ever on it. Matter of fact, my former assistant set it up for me. And whenever I need something off of it, I have to call her and ask her how to get on it and to read on it. But I'm actually glad I'm not because I hear some of my people write stupid stuff. And I'm really glad I don't have to stand up here and preach to those. And I know that it's actually you writing that stuff. Look how quiet it's going to get here. Was it me? Was it me, Lord? I don't know. Are you writing stupid stuff? Are you writing based on the word of the Lord? Or are you repeating garbage that's come out of liberal media? And when did God make you the Holy Spirit in everybody else's life? Y'all go ahead and just say you love me because you got to do it by faith. I'm talking to you as a daddy right now. So those of you that are visiting, it's good to have you. Every once in a while, daddy has to be daddy in here. And and I'm old enough to be daddy now. I realize we're going to dedicate Chelsea and Caleb's baby uh, at the end of the service. And I realized while I was standing back there worshiping, I dedicated Chelsea. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I'm getting old. (laughs) So I have the authority to be daddy. All right, so I want to give you three principles this morning. The first one is this, to walk righteously. To walk righteously. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures at least for these three principles that we're going to walk through this morning. But it's time for believers to walk, to live, to talk, to act, not to get offended when pastor uncovers your, your mess and uh, nobody knows it but you, except for those that read your stuff, actually. Uh, but you can repent to them later. But we're called to walk righteously. To walk righteously. And that requires uh, a decision. It, de- it requires a choice because in the natural, we, we don't have that in, uh, as a natural tendency So many of us don't want to think about how wicked and evil our flesh is, but our flesh is wicked and evil. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but our flesh can do wicked stuff, say wicked stuff, do wicked stuff, think wicked stuff. But we're called to walk righteously. And that requires a discipline of getting in the Word of God and beginning to allow that Word to work in us continually until what begins to come out of us is righteous and not unrighteous. See, God would not call us and tell us to walk righteously if He had not graced us to walk righteously. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. He graced you to walk in something. He didn't call you to walk righteous and then stand back and laugh at us because he knows we can't. What he knows is that it's going to require that we're going to have to press in, press into the word, be moved by the word of God and not by our natural circumstances. Can I tell you, God is not caught off guard with what's going on in the world in 2021. God's not sitting up there going, man, how did this happen? 
He knew exactly what was going to happen. We've been caught off guard, but he hasn't. So Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says it this way, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live, what? By faith. So the way we walk out righteousness is how we walk out our faith. We are called to live by faith. How many of you this week at least one time had to do something by faith? Let me see your hand. Used to, we would have to really think high and low and hard to come up with something in America because everything we needed had already been provided. Amen. We're not a third world country. We're, we're Americans. And we had all of this, everything. And so I remember a few years ago preaching a message about living by faith. And I remember stopping and asking the question, how many of us really, unless a circumstance arises, normally has to do with sickness or disease in your body or your child's body or your parent's body or somebody you love's body, everything else. We, we, most of us in this room have never had to believe God for what you're going to eat at lunch today. Or where you're going to sleep. Now, I know we have a lot of homeless people in our nation. We have a lot of hungry people in our nation. And it is the fruit of, well, let me just say, in America, it doesn't have to be that way. That's why every country in the world's got people lining up at, at embassies trying to get a visa to come to America. Because they know if they come here and work hard, they'll make it. I mean, you don't see Americans down at the Nigerian embassy going, please, will you give me a visa to Nigeria or Haiti or a whole lot of other countries? Man, you want to right now stay put <laughs> in America. But the reality of it is we have to learn to exercise our faith so that when circumstances arise, we'll be able to rise with the circumstances and learn how to stand in faith. You know, one of the things I've had to deal with over these last two years in this battle journey that I'm walking through is how do I answer all of your questions when you ask me how am I doing? And, and it's not, that's not a judgment statement. That's just, that's just all we know as Americans. The minute we see somebody we haven't seen, how you doing? You know, and so the question then for anybody that's walking through a battle is, well, do you really want to know? How, how much time do you have? You know, are you just asking in, in general like you do when you go through the public's market and you ask the girl how she's doing, she asks you how you're doing, you both nod, and neither one of you are doing worth diddly squat? <laughs> but, but there's a faith thing involved in walking in truth where what you're saying is not a lie. But neither do you want to dump all your stuff on somebody that, first of all, you don't have any confidence that they're going to pray with you if you do. And that's the last place you ought to be dumping stuff. You need God to answer uh, uh, is among someone who doesn't have the faith to believe with you. Amen? First John chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. Little children, love this. Let no one. Who? Let no one deceive you. 
Don't you just love being called a little child? Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness, whoever practices, say practice. Whoever practices righteousness is what? Is righteous. As he, Christ Jesus, is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning, a practice of sinning, is of the devil. Since we got saved, we want to stop the practice of sinning. See, some folks think, well, I'm not committing adultery ever again. I got saved. Well, thank God for that. But wagging your tongue and tearing someone down and criticizing is just as bad as adultery. Disobedience, just as bad. We want to we categorize sins. But the sin nature is what God's interested in. So we have to practice righteousness. Meaning when we are unpracticed or what comes out of us is ouch, immediate conviction of Holy Spirit, that's not to condemn us, it's to save us. Because what happens when we're convicted of sin is that we run back to the place of going, God, that's really not who I want to be. That's who I was, but that's not who I want to be. So, so you repent of it, and then you set out to discipline yourself so that you can practice righteousness. Practice is an interesting word. Our football team right now in Florida <laughs> needs to practice. Matter of fact, yesterday I only watched like a couple of minutes of the game. Suzanne came through and said, not watching the game. And I'm like, wow, just not interested. Because it looked like we hadn't been practicing. Matter of fact, it showed all six major FCS schools in Florida, and it doesn't look like Florida is practicing at all. Between all the schools, Miami, FSU, Florida, uh, Tampa, uh, whoever they are, there's six of them. We have a horrible losing record. We, we, We have to practice to get better. Say, you mean I got to practice being a Christian? You got to practice discipline to walk out what you claim you are, which is a Christian. There sometimes is fruit that comes out of your life that doesn't look very Christian. Sometimes in the parking lot. Sometimes with your spouse. Sometimes at your children. The other day when I was with Savin, we were driving down the road and he was driving. I was sitting in the passenger seat and this car was like this all over the place. I was like, Savin, I'm not going to tell you how to drive, but we're on my side of the car here and this car doesn't know what they're doing. And we finally pulled up to a light and this little woman was in there and she turned her head and man, she was ripping her kids threatening to kill him, I think. <laughs> but while she's doing it, she was driving all over the road. I said, when that light changes, just shoot on past him. You know, let, let mama learn how to take care of her kids at home because she's going to kill somebody on the road. 
had a practice. The reason the Son of God appeared, oh, I love this, was to destroy the works of the devil. Was to destroy. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. So if we're saved, if we've been redeemed, forgiven, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, what we want to set out our lives to do every day is to practice righteousness. Until we got it down. And it doesn't mean you won't fail or make a mistake. Everybody say amen to that. You're going to mess up. But when you do, you have an advocate with the Father. Come on, somebody. Got an advocate. Got a good lawyer. And he's making intercession for us. And at the same time, he's convicting us by his Holy Spirit that he's got something better for us. And I like the something better. Because the something better always produces life. And the lesser thing always produces death. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So, so hear me. If the fruit of your life is you just every day just spend a lot of time sinning, you probably just need to go back to square one and make things right with Jesus. Amen. Need to ask him to be Lord of your life, not just Savior of your life. Amen? Amen? You, you got to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ because what happens when you do that, then all of a sudden your mind begins to be renewed and you begin to get a hold of the Word of God. You begin to go to prayer meet and you find somebody to disciple you. Everybody needs somebody to disciple them. Everybody. Say, I've been walking with God for 40 years. Why are you so immature? Why aren't you at prayer meeting? Why don't you come to church on time? Pastor just won't leave that one alone, will he? Until somebody darkens the, the back doors back here, I, I stand back there and get ready to come out, and it's a, just a steady flow. I am so glad Jesus will show up on time. So if I have a problem showing up on time, I can justify, well, that's just my personality, or I can bring it under discipline and set my clock an hour earlier. Yeah, but I'm only 15 minutes late, an hour earlier. Not an hour earlier, an hour earlier than what you normally set it for. Why? Because you want to add discipline to your life. What are you saying to your children when you drag in here? Oh, my gosh, I just won't leave it alone, will I? When you drag in the church in the middle of the third song, what does that say to your kids? Worship's not important. Preacher's going to have something good to say now. I want you all to shut up and listen. But worship's not that important. You know who's going to receive this word this morning? Those who've been worshiping. Oh, my gosh. I love every one of you. I love doing life with you. You're like my children. So, you know, if I invite you to come over to dinner and you show up 20 minutes late, I'm probably not going to be waiting on you. I might not even get up from my spot at the end of the table to hug you. If you're just coming late because you didn't care. Jesus is in this place to receive our adoration, our worship, our best. We give him our best. Should I move on, honey? <laughs> hey, look, I know this. My wife is in total agreement on this one. 
We walk in agreement on this. We walk in agreement on most stuff. But sometimes I don't look at it while I'm preaching. <laughs> Figure I just deal with it when I get home. Oh, I love all of y'all, seriously. But I want to tell you, you're missing out when you're not in the place of worship. Because there's something about worship. Whether you stand up, lift up your hands, put your hands in your pocket, whether you stand stiff or you move around or you dance or you say, you know what, Jamie makes me so mad. I'm watching him preach last weekend. Like, how many times did he just bust into a song? That just ain't right. Because if I busted in the song, we'd be heading out to the coffee shop. People be, I, I, I'll be right back, Pastor. I got to get a coffee. But man, that, boy, that young man, not a boy. He ain't a boy. He's got six kids. He ain't a boy. I should keep preaching, all right? By this it is evident, oh, who, <laughs> listen to this sentence. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So hear me. What time is it? It is time for me to walk righteous. And it's time for me to acknowledge that God has graced me with the ability to walk righteous. And he's graced you with the same ability. He hasn't commanded you to do something that he did not give you the ability to do before he called you to do it. Amen? amen. Come on, more than three of you say amen to that. All right, the second one is to live holy. I remembered when I was thinking about this word holy and holiness because it's a, it's a powerful word. It's, it's an overwhelming word if you're not careful to think that we have been called to live holy. I, re I remembered a message probably 20 years ago that I preached titled The Highway to Holiness. And it came out of Isaiah chapter 35, I believe, uh, verse 8. Y'all have it up there? There it is. A highway shall be there and a road. I'm looking over y'all's head. I'm reading it off that back wall. It shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although he's been a fool, shall not go astray. Now, to fully understand everything that the prophet Isaiah is saying there, you would need to go back and read the first seven verses. But this one passage of Scripture, we are called to live as Christ lived. We all know, we're all smart enough to realize, we can, I can't do that. I can't do that. Not in and of me. But because he said I can do that, then there's, there's got to be a way that I can activate my faith and my obedience that will produce a life of holiness. If I were to ask you in here this morning, how many of you think Mother Teresa was a holy woman, we would probably all go, oh, yeah, but I can't be Mother Teresa. You don't have to be. You have to be you. That's all you have to be in this life is you. Called, anointed, set apart for such a time as this. Not an accident, weren't born in 1885. 
and you weren't born in 21 whatever, we're here for now. And, and there, there is a calling on our life as believers that will cause us to grow up. And in growing up, we will be able to fulfill the plans and the purposes that God has for us. But we won't do it if we're not righteous and we won't do it if we're not holy. Amen. Living a life of holiness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy where? In all of your conduct. That's why I said a while ago, half joking, mostly serious. If you're writing garbage on Facebook, can I ask you a question? Is it holy? Is it producing anything that's holy? Is it, is it stirring people to righteousness? Is it stirring them for hope? Is what you're writing and they know that you go to the same church they go to and you're writing something, are they edified by it, built up, encouraged, strengthened for the work of the ministry in which they've been called to live out and to do and to be? Or are they beat up, judged, because they're not walking in something that you're walking in? And who says that what you're walking in is right? It's not just Facebook or even social media. It's the fruit of our lives. Everything. Our conduct. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. With what? Fear. Is that like a bad fear or a righteous fear? It is a righteous fear. Conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope, your faith and hope. How many of you think we need a little bit of hope in 2021? Thanksgiving week this week, man. Some people are saying, well, I ain't got nothing to be thankful for. Yes, you do. If you turn off stupid vision and get in the Word of God, you'll find out how blessed you are. You'll find out there's a lot to be thankful for. This is not a bad day, a wicked day, an evil day. This is a day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to celebrate the life of God, the purpose of God. Nothing about the kingdom of God has changed because of the junk that's going on in our world. We're just called now to step it up. Be the light. Everywhere you go, you go to the doctor's office, everybody in there's got bad news. Go in there with some light. Say, yeah, but Pastor, my back's hurting. Well, so is mine. That doesn't affect the way that you respond to people or give out hope. I'm in the middle of a battle. You're in the middle of a battle. 
But it doesn't mean that in the midst of the battle, you got to lose all your sense of faith in Christ Jesus. If you literally will turn off everything in your life that's being a negative. Suzanne and I, we have three or four shows that we like to watch that we've been watching together for years. This year, this season that just began about a month ago, all four shows on the first episode, they had to throw homosexuality or lesbian in it. They're not even subtle anymore. So, as believers, how are we going to respond? In judgment, or are we going to rise up as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and let our light shine wherever we are? This week is a great opportunity for the church to be the church. Alive and powerful and excited about the purposes of God. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. Doesn't matter what foolish things they're saying. What matters is how are we going to respond? Man, when, you, when, you, when it's time to vote as righteous people, if you're not voting, shut your mouth. Shut everything about everything. You ain't got no right to speak. People are giving their lives so that you can vote. And don't sit there and say, well, you know, there's a lot of cheating going on. But there's always cheating going on. Just get up tomorrow and there's cheating going on. But it doesn't mean you stop doing what's right. You stop giving your voice. You stop giving your rights. Man, you get up and do what's right. Because it's kingdom. And it's the only thing that's going to produce life in you and hope and a sense of this is the purpose of God. And I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to do my part. Man, it's good preaching. I don't care what y'all say. The third one, I'm going to be stuck here for nine minutes and 27 seconds. The third one is to fulfill God's purpose. It's time. I've been preaching this message for 34 years. But by George, <laughs> it really is time that we live out you know, everybody knows a couple weeks ago I had the privilege to go with 11 men from the church down to Honduras. Um, two of my sons were with me, so it was a joy. The rest of them are my spiritual sons, so it was a joy. I just was overjoyed. And I preached on a Sunday, and then I rocked in the rocking chair on Pastor Jimmy's front porch while the guys were down there just working their butts off. They weren't mad at me because I promise you they did not want me in their way. I'd walk down there once or twice and, 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 and give an inspection. I would inspect their good works. I didn't know if it was good or not. Except when they flipped the switch, lights came on. Woohoo! That's my men right there. But I spent a lot of time on the front porch rocking and praying and thinking and reading. This week, in the midst of just going through some junk in my body, deviled lie and all kind of garbage going on, I spent several hours planning three missions trips for next year. Why? Why? Because it's time that we do not live by our flesh or the creaks and the aches and the squeaks 
of what's going on in us or around us. And we make plans to live life. You're going to die sometime in the middle of it. And you know what? I'm okay right now if Jesus were to come back today. Okay, for those of you that aren't ready, I'm sorry. I'm ready. There ain't nothing in my life left to do if God wants to send Jesus today. Take me home, Lord. I'm ready to go. But until he does, Acts says we're to be busy, come on, about the Father's business. Amen? So you're making your plans, you're living your life, you're having children, you're having grandkids, and in the midst of it, you're not making plans to retire, you're making plans to refire and fulfill the plans that God has for your life. If you're retired and you're doing nothing but watching television, you're losing out on the purposes of God. Because I can tell you a whole bunch of retired people here, I can't come to this building that they're not here doing something. And looking for a missions trip. Pastor, when are you going to take another trip that I can go on? You say, well, I, I can't do anything. Can you pray? Have you learned to make intercession? There are people that need your prayers. I need your prayers. This church needs your prayers. There are people in our house that need your prayer. Don't say you can't do anything, and don't say you, don't do any, you can't do anything that has value. There's nothing more valuable than a person making intercession on behalf of another. Powerful. And you don't have to come to the church to do it. You don't have to be here. You don't have to get on your knees. You can walk around. You can sit under an oak tree. You can do it while you ride a bike. You can't do it while you're watching Stupid Vision. Got to turn that thing off. You got to turn it off if you're going to accomplish the purposes of God. Watch TV with, what's the word? Um, With intention. Don't just sit there for six, eight hours a day and let that thing run. It will fill you with doubt, fear, and unbelief. You won't be able to do the will of God. You won't be able to fulfill his purpose. I got to give you some scriptures because there's a whole bunch of them. Psalm 57, verse 2. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. God is a God of faithfulness. How many of you want to be a person of faithfulness? Jesus asked the question, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Will he find faithful men and women? You can't answer that for anybody else. You can only answer it for yourself. And it's not about I'm going to get faithful in a few weeks or next year. 2022, man, I'm going to, I can't wait to January 1st. I'm going to make a big decision. No, you're not. Don't even believe that lie. Matter of fact, don't do anything on January 1st that looks or sounds like anything you've done in the past. Like your fresh commitment to lose 65 pounds as you're eating a double cheesecake. Just don't even do it. Don't even go there. Just don't go there. 
Make a decision on the 31st or the 30th or January 2nd. Matter of fact, I'm excited. January 2nd, we're starting seven days of gathering to pray, to fast, and to worship, to hear from God. Mark your calendars. There's nothing that week more important except for the group of our rock school kids that are going to Guatemala. They can't be here for the whole week, but I think they leave in the middle of the week. So they can be here Sunday night. We'll pray for them. They're going to be down on a mission trip. Don't you love it when rock school kids go on a mission trip? About 12 of them going down to serve an orphanage. I think it's an orphanage. Is it an orphanage? Erica, I'm looking at you. You don't know. She's, she's only the principal of the school. <laughs> Where's Jim? Jim, is it an orphanage? It is. Thank you, Jim. That is a thumbs up, right? Okay. Can't see. The rest of us, with our children, without iPads and coloring books, we're going to gather to pray, to worship, hear from God. To hear from God. Why? Because we need to hear from God so that we can fulfill his purpose for our life in 2022. Psalm 138, verse 7 and 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Come on, somebody. How many of you can identify with that? You preserve, the psalmist says, my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Yes. Say me. me. For me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I'm making plans for 2022, and in every plan, I'm asking Holy Spirit, help me not to miss you in this. We're making plans to go back to Cuba. So we're on the phone with our Cuban connections down there. We're trying to find out what's involved. What can we do? What would we be able to bring? How much is it going to cost to get an airline ticket now because it's a chartered flight? It's not like it was before. Or, you know, can we get a religious visa that gives us some sense of protection when we're down there if we've been authorized by the government to come? This week, we're actually working. Oscar's done a phenomenal job. Um, because we found out that uh, the Nazarene Church uh, has been authorized to send a container uh, down to Cuba. And so they, uh, we got a, a phone call, and then a couple phone calls later, we find out that they have the back three feet of the container and the top over all these pallets. And they said, whatever you can put in there, we'll, we'll let you ship down there. So we get on the phone with, with uh, our, our connections in Havana, and they're telling us we need vitamins. We need kids' vitamins. We need powdered milk. We need any kind of meat that comes in a can that we can eat where the people are hungry down here. We we need antibiotics. And so we're, we're on the phone and we're making all these connections. Why? Because it's a part of the purpose and plan of God for us individually, for us as a church, for the people of the church in Cuba. We're doing our part. God is intervening and he's making a way and he's open doors. And, and so we, I get a phone call Friday and and uh, Dr. John's involved in it. And so we got all these connections. And, and then the pharmacist says, well, uh, 
is this all you need? Well, we got a whole list, several thousand dollars of, of meds and supplements and everything. And, and I'm like, well, that sounds like an open-end question right there. And so I say, no, that's not all we need. Is it possible to double this? And so then we get a response back. Uh, if you'll give, get us a, a, a letterhead from the Rock of Gainesville, what you're doing with this, he says, uh, we'll pay for half of it. Doesn't even go to the Rock of Gainesville. But, but, but they, they, they want in on this. Come on, somebody. I want in on what God's doing. I want in on what God's people are doing. I want to be involved in what God's people are doing. Why? Because that's the only thing that has eternal value. And so, man, we got, we got all these meds coming. We got powdered milk. We're, we got people roaming around looking in Sam's and Super Walmart for powdered milk and, and canned foods. So we got to get all this stuff, and then we got to get it shipped to Maryland, where the container is going to be shipped to Jacksonville, and then it's got to be in Havana by December the 15th, so it won't be taxed. Come on, somebody. God is well able to make things impossible possible. Amen? And don't you want to be a part of it? I want to be a part of something bigger than me getting up every day and going, woe is my little self. What can I do? What can you do? What can you not do? With faith. Ooh, I'm preaching good this morning. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 11. I'm not going to read that to you. Look that up when you get home because I see so many of you taking notes. Read that. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's the word the Lord gave me when he called me to preach um, out of Jeremiah and uh, Jeremiah's word from God. It, it's, it's powerful about fulfilling the plan of God and not using any excuse. Come on. I should probably take the time to read this. Not use any excuse to not do what God's called you to do. Luke chapter 4, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place, talking about Jesus. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him, listen to this, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, this is Jesus. He said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent here for this purpose. Oh, listen here. Look up, look up here. All y'all, look up here. I want to see the whites of your eyes. Don't let anybody keep you from doing the purpose of God. They got something for you to do, but it's going to be in the way of what God has called you to do. Don't let it happen. Mm-mm-mm. I'm praying about 3 o'clock this afternoon, y'all get this. Don't let anybody else and their good things hinder you from doing God's purpose. It said Jesus would have stayed there had it not been that he knew what he was called to do. And he said, I, I, I would stay. Why? Because, man, he, he loved. They were ready to receive any preacher wants to stay where the people are ready to receive. But, he said, these other towns, they've got to hear the gospel too. Why am I making plans, fighting in the middle of a battle with cancer? Why am I making plans to go to three other countries in the world? Why? Because they need to hear the gospel too. You say, yeah, but can't somebody else go? I don't want anybody else to go on my behalf. 
Not as long as I have the grace and the strength to go. Not, you see, if God hadn't called me to go, it'd be one thing. But if he's called, you say, yeah, but if he called you, wouldn't he just already gone ahead and just healed you? I don't know all the plans of God. All I know is that I have to live them out one day at a time, just like you do. Just like you do, you got to walk out one day at a time. His plan is not for you to sit home on your backside and do nothing. I can promise you that. If you're not doing anything, you're in a retirement mode and you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God, you need to get on your face and start saying, Jesus, what is my purpose? Because otherwise you're just existing and taking up good people's oxygen. You're called to do something. Make a difference. Live your life. Touch a neighbor. How many of your neighbors aren't saved? So I don't know. I don't know any of my neighbors. <laughs> that might be where Jesus said, all the other neighbors need to hear too. You've been hanging out just with who you're comf comfy with. Oh, I'm preaching some, to some folks this morning. Maybe one of your neighbors is that one Jesus is sending you to. Jeremiah chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. Read that when you get home. I don't have time. John 12, 27. Now is my soul troubled. Jesus speaking here. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. I'm closing with this. Jesus wants to be glorified through your life and my life, through the church. Read an article this week, somebody was blasting the church. I don't like people that blast the church. First of all, you're talking about the bride of Jesus. Oh, the church did this, and the church did that, and the church is this, and the church doesn't take it. No, no. You're talking about Jesus. I promise you, you would not come up and talk to my wife in my face like that. Like some of us talk about the church. Church is holy. Honey, I'm preaching good right now. I know the clock's in the red, but I'm, I'm telling the truth here. The bride is holy. Well, who's the bride? You are. You are. You are. You are. I am. We're the bride. Jesus hung on the cross. For us. It was his purpose. For this, I came into this earth. And for this, I will fulfill my purpose to do what God has called us to do, to live out his purpose. I want to encourage you today to walk out of here and find a place today, a quiet place. 
and find out for what purpose am I on this earth? What purpose, Lord? Don't ask your spouse. Please don't ask me. I don't have a clue. I got enough to deal with with right here. Lord, what is your purpose right here? How do I fulfill? How do I fulfill what you have called me to give my life to? Because I don't want any excuses. Oh God, I would have done that, but you let me get cancer. No, right in the middle of cancer, do the will of God. Right in the middle of your bad marriage, do the will of God. Right in the middle of bad finances, do the will of God. Right in the midst of confusion and not knowing what to do, do the will of God. Which is what? Get up every day, honor him. Pray, seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. Follow after him. Fill your heart, soul, mind, and body with the word of God. Begin to seek his face. God, today, what do you want to accomplish through me? Little old me. What do you want to do? And let God, let him do it in you. Let him shake you. Doesn't matter where you are, what city you're in. Just do the will of God. Last Saturday morning, I'm in Tampa at a coffee shop. Big surprise, right? Wasn't in Starbucks either. Went to Starbucks, there's like 18 people in line. So Pastor's event says, hey, I found this other little coffee shop not far from where his church is. And so we walked in there. I walked in, there's two people standing there all decked out in their gator blue stuff. And I had a, I had a golf shirt on with a gator emblem. I wasn't ashamed. I was wearing my, my gators proudly. Pray for them often. Hope coach makes it. But I walked in and I said, go gators. Who's beating us today? <laughs> wasn't a lot of faith. And, and the young lady looks at me and she goes, huh? and I thought, wow, did I look that bad this morning? <laughs> so Ben looked at me, I looked at him, and we started to walk away, and she said, are you from Gainesville? Yeah. Are you a pastor? Maybe. <laughs> Do you know the Kirchmans? Said only the kid's whole life. And she goes, oh. I've been to your church. She's not saved. But she had a divine appointment last Saturday. She lives right around the corner from where Pastor Sabin and Katie Pastor Lifesong Church. Come on, somebody. That ain't an accident. And so I said, oh, this is Sabin. He was our pastor, associate pastor in Gainesville for almost all his life. And now he lives here and introduced who knows, but for such a time as that moment. Don't want to miss it. Don't want to be too busy talking about our football team when there's kingdom involved. Amen? Amen. Church, live righteous, be holy, and fulfill what God has for your life.
Would you just bow your head for a moment? I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this incredible people. I love this house. I love this people. I love doing life with them. I love getting to do life with them. I love that they're gracious when I preach too long. But right now, I just lift them before you because they are the church represented at the Rock of Gainesville in this city in which you have called each of us to live out our lives. I pray for them today that what you have for them, their eyes will be open. They'll be ready to receive. They'll be hungry to walk out the truth of the gospel. Help them. Help me. Help us. Be the bride without spot or wrinkle. Help us to go into our community and utilize every one of us in our own individual places, giftings, and anointings to touch our city, our county, and our state. We want to fill this house with unbelievers, hurting, messed up folks like we were so that they can find the same hope, forgiveness, cleansing, healing, and salvation that we found through Jesus Christ. Help us as we walk out of here today, as we prepare for Thanksgiving, help us to be the church that you have called us to be. Believers, would you take a moment and just pray? I want to just speak to anyone in this room that right now, you do not have a right relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered your life, your heart, over to Jesus. But you're here today, and Jesus wants you to know that He loves you. And the Father loves you, and that's why you're here. You're watching online. You can respond. Allow me to lead you in a prayer that today would say, I surrender my life to the God who created me. And I'm going to surrender my life to the Christ who died for me. This morning, with every head bowed and eyes are closed, and, and the believers are praying for you because we've all been where you are. If today you're ready to respond, let me lead you in a simple prayer. With no one looking around, would you just lift up your hand and let me see it? And then you can put it back down, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer this morning as we all pray and ask Jesus to be Lord today of your life. If that's you this morning, would you just lift up your hand, hold it, let me see it, let me acknowledge it, let me pray with you, because Christ died for you, gave himself. You're watching online, you can pray this prayer with us in just a moment. But today, you need to surrender it to the Lord. Today, you need to let Jesus be Lord of your life. All right, pray this prayer with me. Father God, today I surrender to Jesus.
Jesus, be Lord of my life. I need you. I surrender to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Father, I pray this in faith to make a decision to walk with you the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God is good, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.